that's how it happens in life. Something that is supposed to happen is going to come along your path and then you either follow it or you don't when you don't follow it. And it's supposed to be part of your journey, your soul's journey on this earth. It's going to keep coming back until you notice it and you're like, oh, wait, this keeps coming back. I need to, I need to do something about it. I am Morgan Sevney, owner of Prospect Heights Yoga and your What Yogis Know host. Join me as I interview yoga instructors with knowledge and wisdom to share that reaches far beyond the mat. If you're looking for a little motivation to apply to your own life or to share with those around you, What Yogis Know is for you. Today's episode, I am with Christina Burad. And Christina, I'm so grateful to have you on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. This is the first time I'm being interviewed like an official interview on a podcast. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> hey, I'm so happy to hear that. So Christina, I want to hear all about your yogic journey. And I want to start at the beginning. So how did you get into yoga? I started yoga, I think the first time I took a yoga class. Well, first of all, I wasn't sure what it was. And I didn't really know what yoga meant. And I was still in high school. And we had a group do some community work together and when one of the one of the students a girl decided to just book us a private yoga class and there was five of us there and we went and we took a yoga class and it was really interesting it was very well it was my first time so I wasn't sure it felt like more of a, a practice that makes you feel good but challenges you at the same time and you know, I remember one of the things that the yoga teacher said, she's like, you know, let's, let's play around with the toes. And we all know that in yoga, you know, the toes and the feet are very important to like be grounded and feel like we're strong when we're standing strong. And uh, she was like, let's, let's start by moving the big toe and then the small toe and like try and spread like all the toes. And we get to the pinky and like, I, I couldn't move it. And then, but she could do it very, very easily. And she was like, you know, with lots of practice and then yoga and then training the mind and uh, the body, eventually you will be able to move that last toe on its own. <laughs> that was one thing I remember. And then uh, I think I forgot about it and then just started to take classes every now and then. I was probably around the age of 17. And then I got into Hatha yoga, which I really enjoyed because it was, it was a longer practice. The teacher that I took it with did two-hour classes, and you would hold each posture for a while, which can get very challenging at some point. But she was very specific about alignment. And because we're holding the posture for such a long time, we had time to perfect and understand your body and the alignment. And then I moved to New York. <laughs> I kind of lost that teacher, but it's it was my mission when I came to New York was to find something similar. And it was a little bit challenging. New York is a lot faster. You tend to find a lot more fast-paced vinyasa classes or they're playing hip-hop. You know, every teacher has a different style. And then Kundalini yoga kind of came in. I met a friend of a friend who was telling me about this yoga practice that is amazing, that is very quick in terms of shifting things around energetically and physically. And there's chanting, there's meditation. And I was like, I have to try this thing. So, and she told me about the studio. And so I went and I took my first Kundalini class. And it was weird. And every person, every kundalini teacher that you meet, every person who has done kundalini yoga. I don't know if you have, have you ever tried it? I have not, no, not yet. Uh, so it's, 
Yeah, it's you. I went into class, and then everyone is wearing white, and then the teacher is wearing white turbans, and sometimes it can feel a little bit like a cult. Like, who are these people? What are they chanting? What are they doing? And in terms of like the exercises, it's very different than let's say hatha or vinyasa. There are similarities, but most of the time we're doing repetition and movements, like lifting the arms up and down for three minutes, and doing a specific breath with it, and then doing a specific eye gaze. So. It was it was very weird in the beginning, but then something kept taking me back to it. I was like, okay, this is weird. I don't know if I like it or not, but I want to go back. <laughs> and you know, when they do the chanting and stuff, sometimes like I would start giggling and laughing, like, oh my god, this is really funny. And then and then you get into it, and then you find yourself chanting along with them, and you're like, oh wow, this this feels good. <laughs> uh, and when you first do it, it's it's moving a lot of stuff energetically. And I've had a couple of classes where I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I just want to cry. And you just start crying and you're like, what is happening? I don't understand this. But it's, it's part of like the release and the clearing, and especially when you do it in the beginning, there's so much stuff to clear and you don't, even, you don't really understand it yet. So it was pretty amazing. That kept me going back. And less than a year into that practice, one of my first teacher, a series set, was uh, talking to a friend and she was like, oh, by the way, I think you might be interested in this. We're doing a teacher training up in Rhinebeck. You should come. I was like, I'll think about it. And I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it or not. But in the end, I did. So it was a great training. So that was for the level one teacher training in Kundalini Yoga. And then some practices do it for a one month intensive. And then that one was nice. It was like spread out October till June. And every month we would go to Rhinebeck and for an extended weekend of intensive training. It was great. And I didn't notice it while I was in it. I didn't realize. I'm like, oh, what am I? You know, I never wanted to teach. I was like, I'm just doing this for myself because it makes me feel good. It helps. And I just want to learn about it. Learn about, they call it, they call Kundalini Yoga a technology. It's like, I want to learn about this technology and how, why is the energy shifting the way it does? How can we actually release something through the breath? or weird movement or a mantra. Why does mantra work in the first place? So after the, the training, I kind of looked back nine months ago, nine or 10 months ago, I was like, wow, this really changed. It kind of changed me. You start to look at things differently. You start to think about things differently, deal with things different, differently. You learn to act versus react. You kind of absorb and you learn to become an observer and a good listener and which helps you personally like with your communication with yourself and then with others so the training was done I had my certificate I didn't do anything with it for a very long time and then I meet this guy Greg who, who used to teach at Prospect Heights Yoga as well and I just meet him at a yoga studio and we're talking and I tell him I'm like oh yeah I did my training in kundalini yoga and he's like are you serious kundalini yoga was my first the first type of yoga that i did i did it for six years i didn't know that there were any other types of yoga i thought that's what yoga is and i haven't done it in a very very long time i would love to get back into it maybe you should teach i was like no <laughs> i'm like i don't want to teach i'm like i wasn't prepared i'm like me chanting in front of students in class i was like no i don't think i can get myself to do it i was actually scared and then you know in one way or another he kind of convinced me he made it very comfortable he's like oh but you know i kind of have like a yoga studio at home and then maybe you just come one day teach give me a class and i'll have a, a friend or two along 
I was like, okay, fine. That, that, sound, that sounds a little bit more manageable. We'll make it more fun. There's no pressure. And why not? I'll give it a try. <laughs> and it's more like, okay, Greg, I don't want to hear you beg me to give you a class anymore. I'm just going to do it. It actually turned out to be so much fun. Preparing for the class, I spent half a day preparing for the class, talking about what are we working on today and why are we working on it and what we're going to do and and creating a playlist along with that, which was so much fun. It's like you're really putting together the experience for the students. And then I taught my first class in his small home studio. And the whole time I was like shaking. I was like, oh my God, why am I doing this? And then it got easier and better. And, and then I guess he like noticed. He probably felt like, oh, it looks like you know she's now probably ready to teach real students <laughs> in a yoga studio. And that's where he introduced me to you and April and and then I started to teach and I love it now. I love to see my students come in. I get most of, because it's not a in, in the studio there's vinyasa and hatha and different styles of yoga. Kundalini is not as popular and not too many people know about it. So I do often get a lot of new students. And it's always nice to introduce them to Kundalini. I was like, oh, by the way, we're going to be doing a lot of weird stuff. But, you know, keep an open mind and do what you can to keep up and allow yourself to have the experience. It's pretty amazing to see the students come in and they're like, what are they doing? Like, What is this? Why are we chanting that? That feels so weird. You can see it on their face. And then at the end of class, it's a completely different energy. They come in a little weirded out and confused and but then when they leave, you just feel like their energy is a little bit more elevated, a little bit more, not sure how to explain it, but it's that thing that you probably feel like when you're done with any type of yoga class, at the end, you always feel amazing, even if you spent most of the class crying, which has happened to me before. <laughs> yeah, seeing the students at the end of class is, is always a great thing to see. It, it's, I love that. <laughs> That's and so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so that must be a very different experience being in a place where, where you did your original training. It must be very different to be there and then to be at Prospect Heights where you know kind of a mix of everything because the one you were going to previously that, or you maybe you still practice there is, is like solely Kundalini. That's it's um, yeah. And most of the Kundalini studios, most of the studios that I go to solely uh, teach Kundalini I mean, it's great, right? It, it attracts like a larger uh, Kundalini community. What I love about teaching at Prospect Heights, which is, you know, we're here to share or the experience, to share the technology, as I mentioned. And, and I, I feel like when you're in a non-exclusive Kundalini studio, people are more comfortable coming into the studio and trying something new because it's on the schedule rather than going outside of that, you know, Kundalini studio and seeing all the people go in and white and the white turbans. They don't all dress like that, but there's, there's a different, and they are very welcoming, not that they're not, but sometimes it can be a little intimidating, I feel, to people because it's, it's different and you kind of need to be ready to go through that experience or allow yourself to go through the experience. And I love introducing it to new students. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. And do you teach all in white? 
I haven't gotten there yet. I usually always wear a white shirt and then the white head wrap. They usually all wrap it. There's a very specific way of wrapping uh, the turban. I haven't done that. It's, you know, <laughs> I, haven't really, I haven't really perfected that yet. No, I'm normally wearing black leggings. Wow. <laughs> I really got a, a good idea of your yoga practice and that how, how that evolved from just starting with this one class that this girl set up randomly. Which, by the way, when you said uh, you're talking about moving toes, I was trying to see if I could move my. I'm like, oh, can I move my pinky toe? I don't know if I can do that. I, st- I, can't, I still can't move the little one. <laughs> she was very advanced. <laughs> so, what were you doing in life parallel to that yogic path, and and how did those two intertwine? What you're doing outside of just yoga practice and day to day life. I was always very into sports and regularly I played tennis. I played tennis for my whole life almost and then every other sport just for for fun. I think with yoga it just kind of came to me. It just kind of dropped into my path and and I went along with it because that's how it happens in life. Something that is supposed to happen is going to come along your path and then you either follow it or you don't when you don't follow it and it's supposed to be part of your journey, your soul's journey on this earth. It's going to keep coming back until you notice it and you're like, oh, wait, this keeps coming back. I need to, I need to do something about it. Trying to go back to like what I was trying to say with the sports and, and playing tennis, breath was always very important, right? To uh, your endurance, um, using your breath and breathing properly. We don't notice how much we don't breathe properly. And even myself as a yoga teacher, sometimes during the day at my full-time job, I have to remember to remind myself to breathe properly or take deeper breaths because our breaths are so shallow. They're up in the chest area rather than, rather than down in your navel point. So I think breath was a big thing because it really changed my other practices like running and playing tennis. Does that answer your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I love hearing about how what you learn in yoga intertwines with what you're doing outside of yoga. And I love the concept that you brought up that when something in your life is meant to happen, it will approach you and you might ignore it or put it shit aside. And if it's supposed to happen, it, it'll come back to you. It keeps on, you know, coming, you know hey, you going to do yoga yet? You know, <laughs> hey, Lola, can you please pay attention to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the same thing with the things that we're supposed to process and deal with in our lives, right? So it's, Let's say, um, I don't know, a quick example is anger, right? It's going to show up at some point. And a lot of the time, you know, when it first starts to show up, we completely ignore it. And then, you know, we just deal with it our own way or, you know, something that you're scared of. It's going to keep coming back. But every time it comes back, it's going to be a little bit more intense than the previous time. You didn't listen to it the first time or you didn't notice it. So it kind of needs to make itself a little bit more obvious for you to do something about it. And then the longer you wait, the harder it's going to become. So part of the practice, and especially in, you know, in any type of yoga, is just becoming aware of those things, becoming aware of the signs of the lessons that we need to learn. Because if we don't do something about it, it's going to come back and it's probably going to be harder. <laughs> and we've all, we've all been through that, though, the way we deal with our relationships with ourselves, even like our communication with ourselves, the universe has all the signs where we just have to learn to listen and recognize and, and be very like humble about it. Like just accept it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. 
And you said that originally you're from you're from Lebanon. Yes, I am. So how did you how did you get from living in Lebanon to living in New York City? A lot of people like to leave Lebanon. <laughs> I mean, I I love my country and I love going back. But my uh, my family had the green card, so we always came to New York City to maintain uh, the green card. And then finally, and that was seven years ago. I decided to just move here and uh, go to grad school, and I stayed. <laughs> and I loved it here. There was something about, and you know, in relation to yoga, New York has so much to offer. You know, it's just it's just such a big, vibrant city with so many people. Who knew that in the middle of New York City, there's going to be a studio? And you know, I mean, and I speak for all the yoga studios where you can just go in and. Forget that you're in New York City. That it's a crazy world out there, and just be in that moment, in that space, and like be able to breathe properly and just relax. And then you go back out to take the train back home, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> well, this is a huge. Uh, <laughs> I love that, and it's the people that I have met through the energy of the city, all the people, all my network. I think it's pretty amazing. And I mentioned to you earlier before we started the interview that. I was actually about to move to LA, and then things have shifted around. And I was like, "Oh, maybe I'm not done with New York. There's still more things here." And the longer I live here, the more these networks expand. The more I learn, you know, more meet more people. It's pretty amazing. Also, in the process of my level two teacher training in Kundalini Yoga, it's a beautiful course. It's it's actually made up of five modules, and、uh, you can do each module any time, and they don't have to be in an order. And then the last one I did was was about conscious communication. Cool. If you've heard me talk about communications a little too much on the on the on this interview, it's because of that. <laughs> Who are you doing that training with? Doing it with my first teachers, so my the trainers that I did my level one teacher training, I'm doing it with them. They're hosting it at a different studio, and、uh, it's at Reflections Yoga, and they were just hosting it there. And my teachers are Sirisa and Gurudaram. It's always such an amazing experience because of what the teachers bring to the table. There is during the training we do a lot of meditations to understand meditations and practices to understand what we're actually learning and really experience it so that we can then send the message out, teach it in the world, or use it for ourselves. <laughs> and the people that you do it with is also amazing because you're just gathering all of these people. They all come from different backgrounds, and it's it's always such a beautiful sharing of information and knowledge. So, what else do you? Are you up to aside from? You said you have a a regular day job. What is your what's your day job? I do、I'm、graphic designer. I do graphic design and brand strategy. Yeah, that's what I do every day from nine to six, and it, I I love it. And it's also in relation to the course that I just did, the conscious communication. I mean, as a graphic designer, it's I'm helping brands communicate, helping them put the message out in the world, and then but how do we do that? How do we do that properly to be able to get the message through? There's so much information right now in the world. We we design websites. All the time, the amount of information that is available to us is is huge. The amount of information we're absorbing now is huge, <laughs> 
And I think that is why you're seeing a lot more people or like the yoga community growing so much more because there's just so much information fed to us. Our, our bodies, our brains, are they're probably just exhausted. And so going to yoga really helps just to go and, you know, let go. Um, there was a crazy number. I actually used it in class one time. I wish I could, I'm not sure. I think it's per second you are taking in 70,000 pieces of information. This is an insane number, you know, but it all goes to the, to the unconscious, to the subconscious, because you don't leave that much. You only leave the information that is important for you in your conscious mind. Imagine how heavy the unconscious is, is and how much it's holding. So yeah, yoga is very helpful to just kind of lighten that up. One of the reasons you feel lighter after class and you feel a little bit, I don't want to use the word high, but you kind of do, you feel elevated because you've kind of released a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily need. That's super cool. Yeah, I would imagine, especially with Kundalini, with with the practice that you are doing, it seems that there's a lot of letting go in that mm-hmm. hearing. I, remember, I think you used the word clearing earlier. Yep. And you you have that, you know, every yoga practice, they all have the same goal. We all go to different yoga classes for different reasons. It's to really open up the body to feel good. It's everyone wants to feel good. I don't know anyone who does not want to feel good or be happy and, (laughs) and to elevate, elevate our bodies, our minds into like the higher consciousness. So it's a big thing in this age, (laughs) in this age, (laughs) we're all trying to get there. Yeah, for sure. Christina, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. I'm excited. And if people want to find you, well, if they want to find you teaching, they can go to Prospect Heights Yoga. Absolutely. If they want to find you online, how would they go about doing that? Do you have social media stuff set up? I I have an Instagram account. I'm not very active on it, but I do have an Instagram account and it's just my name and my first name and last name, Christina Burad. I haven't seen too many Christina Burads on Instagram, so it's probably just me. Um, (laughs) You were the only one I could find earlier, so I think. Yeah. (laughs) And as you said, Prospect Heights, I usually teach Saturdays at 1030 Anyone who wants to discover what Pudalini Yoga is, you're more than welcome to come. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. That was a great conversation. If you found Christina's wisdom to be meaningful, motivational, or impactful to you, please make sure that you share what yogis know with a friend and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so that you can catch the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.